Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adam. Hey, John. How's How it going? Pretty good. How about you? Good, man. It's uh, Have you gotten your whole house ready for Christmas? <laughs> I worked on it a lot last week. Yeah. I don't know about the whole house. The kids the kids tried to help decorate, so that means I had to go behind them and redecorate. But, uh, you know, all the ornaments were on the very bottom branch. Yeah, and it's always like that, that kind of like the top is just kind of like bare. Yeah, you know, it is. It's like... It's like, well, you know we have a cat and a dog, and they're going to knock off every... Right. And you put every one of the breakable ornaments my mother gave Angela and I before she passed, like, on the bottom. So, you know, we're going to need to move those. And so we did a lot of that. We went tree shopping, and we went to, like, 15 different places. Apparently, the price of trees have gone up this year, because I went to one place, and they wanted, like, $300 for a seven-foot tree. Goodness, and dude. I was there for, like, three seconds. I, <laughs> I, would say, I would say, but a home improvement store. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say the name, because, you know, I don't get sure. money for it. It's not advertising. Sure. But a home improvement store does have good... Good trees. Yeah. Good well, we went to a couple different lots. The kids always like to do that. We were going to go out to a farm in Arlington and cut it, but my sister who just moved here had gone out there and she said there wasn't much of a selection. So uh, you didn't want to do the Griswolds thing? Yeah. Dig a tree right. up. <laughs> yeah. It's way too big for my house. But, but no, we had a great weekend and spent a lot of time together. I always love that time of year, starting to cook some of those Christmas yeah. treats and watching some of the. We watched Smoky Mountain Christmas last night, that old Dolly Parton and Lee Majors oh, yeah. movie. Dolly, I'm so Yeah. You have to watch it on YouTube. My kids are like, why is it so blurry? Because that's what TV used to look that's like right. when I was little. It's pixelated. <laughs> we didn't yeah. have, you know, big TVs that you could see everybody's nose hairs in when All we were right. kids. But. But anyway, so yeah, we did a lot of that, and then we went to church Sunday, and and uh, you know, and, and heard the readings from here in the second Sunday of Advent, of course. And I want to get into those in a minute. That's what today's show is going to be really about. But first of all, I want to remind everybody again about Exodus ninety. That's coming up, man. We're we're less than a month away, so you know, uh, pretty soon we're going to start that journey on January the fourth. We've got a wait list out there. I know we've got a good amount of people. I think there's already like thirty five people on the wait mm-hmm. list that have signed up. So um, that list continues to grow. When you go there, you're going to sign up for that uh, for the wait list there. And then in a few weeks, they'll send an email out inviting you to download the app. Once you do that, it's free to start. Um, it is $10 a month for the three months, so it will cost 30 bucks. But you're going to be able to get that app. You're going to you know need to share it with your friends and get other people to go through it with you and start those little fraternities through the app, which means you're going to have a group of guys to go through it with, to share with, and you can keep up with what each everybody's doing how they're doing and keep everybody accountable. So, you know, I've talked to a lot of people in our in our circle of friends that are going to join us and do it, Victor, and was at lunch with a patron last week, Daniel. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be able to do some of that together. And and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm just I'm really looking forward to the the first of the year and starting this and really dialing in on the prayer time and everything else. That this is going to help do and and take those sacrifices that we're going to make, the cold showers and things like that. Uh, and, and give them up, offer them up for some other people that, that need it. So yeah. so join that, exodus90.com slash John Edwards. And then also, thank you again to all the patrons. We had a great Giving Tuesday. We had a lot of people that started to support us. Um, you know, David and HM and uh, Daniel and gosh, there's so many of them having trouble. Kyle, Peter, um, Joseph. I mean, there's so many guys. And, and I'll continue to read those names off. Deacon Greg, um, just, just a bunch of people. And we are humbled by it. I even got to talk to some on the phone that were having some trouble getting into patron that shared some stories and just warmed my heart. So guys, 
you know, if you're not a patron, really consider signing up for that. Because, I mean, I'm going to lunches with patrons and, and get to spend time with them. You know, I'm getting to talk to these guys via email and on the cell phone. So, guys, I love to interact with patrons. And so so does Victor. So we've got the private Facebook group where you can do that, um, where you can share. You've got sort of a brotherhood in there of other guys that love the show and are going through some of the same things maybe you are. So we definitely need uh, for you guys to be able to have access to that. So if you want to become a patron, you'll also get all the other um, cool stuff, the mugs, the koozie, the shirts, all that neat stuff that we've got going out um, as well. But first and foremost, you're going to be able to help other men uh, because you're going to be now evangelizing with us. You're supporting the ministry. It's your ministry. It's your mission as well, too. And you can really take uh, ownership in the fact that you're helping men come closer to Christ with your donations and your support. So thank you for all that. If you want to become a patron, you could do so at justaguyonthepew.com. Go there and click the support button, or you can go to patreon.com slash pewministries. So thank you all for that. Now let's get into the show. So, as I was saying, I was at church Sunday after this great weekend of spending uh, with my family for for um, getting ready for Christmas and all the fun that comes with that. And, you know, just the readings that they spoke to me as they do a lot. And there's a certain phrase in all these. I want to start today by reading this passage. It's actually the second reading from Sunday from Saint P- uh, from the second uh, Second Peter 3, 8 through... Let's see, what is that? Four, uh, 15. So I'm going to read that really quickly, and then I want to get into what we're going to talk about a little bit. So it says, but do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief and the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar and the elements will be dissolved by fire and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. So that's important right there. Continuing on. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be, conducting yourself in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hasting the coming day of of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire? But according to his promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot and blemish before him at peace. So as I was listening to that at Mass and reading along. I, I brought my Didache Bible uh, Sunday and was reading along in there. Um, it just, two things struck me. Was that one part where it says the earth and everything on it will be found out. You know, I mean, it just, for some reason it hit me. I'm like, wow, found out. Like mm-hmm. everything on this earth is going to be found out. And I'm sitting here looking at like, okay, we're in Advent and these readings are specific to Advent, right? The church picks these for a reason. And, you know, when you think of Advent, the Prince of Peace is coming, right? It's supposed to be a season where we, we start to find peace. The Savior's coming, right? We, we should be rejoicing and, and repenting, right? Like that's one thing we forget about Advent a lot is it's a season of repentance. It's not just about putting up decorations and things. It's about preparing the way for the Lord. So when I heard that, like that everything will be found out, it just, it, it brought me to that space like, wow, how much stuff did I have in my life and, and, and the things that I had going on at one time that I was afraid of people finding out about. Well, you read ahead and you have that other verse where he says, therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. So again, found, right? Mm -hmm. So it put to my mind, like there's two ways that we're going to be found when the Lord comes back or when we die or whatever happens, like we're going to be found out or we're going to be found at peace. And which one are we going to be? You know, we all have that fear of being found out of being exposed. 
you know, everybody listening to this show, I would put money on, has something in their life that they've done or that they're doing right now or engaging in some sort of activity, whether it's drinking or doing drugs or whatever it may be, or pornography or just something you're not proud of, um, that you have a fear of other people knowing about. And those fears can control you. I mean, I remember thinking like, all the time like what about if they find out what you know that I watch porn or or what about if they find out what type of porn I watch or mm-hmm. what if they you know they find out about how much I drink or how much I do drugs or how I'm not the man that I think I am that they think I am like we've all been eaten up by those thoughts like but yet we live in those mm-hmm. we don't allow we don't allow that peace to come into our hearts because we're just so afraid of what's going to happen and you know I was on Matt Frad show last Tuesday uh, released last Tuesday and it was a lot of fun I thank Matt for having me on uh, and he's going to come on this show. But one of the things he asked me was, what was one of the worst things about your addiction and going through all that? You know, and I told him the whole story, you know, talking about Angela and everything and all, all the different facets of it. And just without even thinking, I said, just just being found out, mm-hmm. like being found out. And that's what was so crazy about this verse being, was that people were going to find out I wasn't who I projected myself to be. Right. I wasn't who I said I was and, and had all these skeletons in the closet. And if they found out what was going to happen in my life, everything would come crumbling down. And I was a slave to that fear. I never did anything about it because if I did, then everything would come crumbling down. So that's something I just feel like is prevalent in a lot of men's life. And when I was praying about the show this week, I just God kept taking me back to these two verses within this passage is, are you going to be found? Like, how are you going to be found when he comes back? Because everything on the earth is going to be found out. Or are you going to be found in peace? And I think it's something we all need to spend time thinking about. So as you're saying that, you know, uh, a, a, a quote came into my mind of course I'm not going to do very good justice but like Shakespeare said all the world's a play right and mm-hmm. we hold many characters within ourselves to show who we want to be at certain times and certain events mm-hmm. right we are all very skilled and adapted to wearing like we said in the previous episodes masks uh, holding up a, a facade of of what our family may look like whether it's like social media presentation mm-hmm. or or how we go about speaking about ourselves and how we speak only about the good things our family's done and that we don't really talk about well things that we're dealing with in our own family life right yeah and and being exposed or being honest and truthful that's what christ comes to our lives to say it's not about you it's about you helping me work in this world right yeah and and that's kind of whole process of, of what you're saying is that is that we are all connected to to each other and the more we realize that the more we can help each other out you know take the mask off you know right. the more we can be our, our true self that God intended us to be and, and yet when we keep playing the roles you know there, there's many people I know in our lives that probably looked at us going okay nice try but I kind of know what's going on yeah even though you wouldn't say this person they're they're wise enough to know uh, the, the way of the world within men's lives sure and and those of us who are listening right now we we could identify with that because we've all had to play a role to to convince other people who we think we are or who we want to be mm-hmm. but never came close to that person right and it's and that's the thing is like the the devil takes that and of course he convinces you that you're the only one with a problem right like you're right. the only one that watches porn you're the only one that drinks you're the only one that that you know may not be the best father you're the, in the most world, selfish person in the world right yeah. and right. so he keeps you in that and he, he convinces you that no one else has it so therefore you never open up you never share you never are honest with anyone and you wind up lying and you wind up shoving these things down into your heart and they imprison you there's only so much room in your heart right and that's where jesus wants to reside that's where he needs to reside in your life is in your heart and you know we've talked about it before deacon jeff and i talked about it on one of the things we did for virtual catholic conference together is like you know there's a four a floor plan of your heart 
and there's not a lot of room for a lot of stuff in there, right? Like, so if you've got it filled up and it's filled with junk and Jesus is trying to push in on the door and he can't get in because of all mm. the stuff that you're trying to cover up that you don't want to be found out about, then all this stuff is in there and he can't get in. So you have to clear out that room of your heart. Um, but it, you know, we, that's what we do. We shove all of our darkest secrets down in our hearts and they take up residence there constantly stealing our peace, you know, because we're always having to worry about it, right? You may have a glimmer of joy here and there, a glimmer of happiness, but immediately it's like Satan reminds you, but remember all that stuff you got hidden away? Nobody knows about Mm -hmm. like, remember that? And that joy is stolen, right? That peace is stolen. You're, you're always at odds and always antsy. That was the worst thing about being addicted to, to drugs was like, I always walked around on pins and needles. I never was at peace or at rest because it, there was always a chance somebody was going to find something. I left a line somewhere that I forgot to do. Mm-hmm. I left a bag of Coke somewhere. I left a rolled up dollar bill or a cut straw or something somewhere. Like there was always that fear that, that I was going to be found out. And it's paralyzing and it controls your life and it allows you, it keeps you from being, from, from being able to move forward into anything else. So, you know, when we look at that, I mean, Advent is the perfect time for us to be working towards this peace. Um, you know, the Prince of Peace is coming, right? I mean, he he says in that same passage, he is patient with you not wishing that you should perish, but you should all come to repentance. So think about that. You're, you're hiding all this stuff. You're being afraid to be found out, right? By mostly people in your life because mm-hmm. you don't want to lose things you have in relationships and, and this image people have of you, this false image, which if you think about that's silly, because yeah. whatever you're going to lose is not really the true you anyway. Right. So what are you really what are you really losing? But at the same time, um, God knows everything, right? And so He wants you to be at peace. We have to be repentant. He doesn't want you suffering from all these things and being worried about being found out. If you're worried about that, then you're not worried about being repentant. You're not worried about doing something about it. So as Christ comes in these next few weeks, as we're getting and we're preparing, we need to be preparing our hearts and. That's one of my favorite parts about uh, of the reading Sunday too. Is of course John the Baptist comes on the scene, right? right? And like, who wouldn't want to sit down and have a conversation with John the Baptist? Like, who wouldn't want to sit down with him? That's one guy who like he what you saw is what you got, right? He, you, you could imagine like his hair just like standing on end, oh, and, like, his, just stuff all in his beard, but yeah. he had profound wisdom speaking from him. And you, and again, remember he was a uh, Levite, right? Yeah. He was supposed to take his father's role as a high priest, mm-hmm. yet he he said, "No, I'm doing this." And you can imagine. I wonder if his family's going, "Why? Why are you in the desert, son? What? What? What's going on? You know? <laughs> you know? Is this? Is this some kind yeah. of like connection? Have you, you know? washed your hair right. this week? <laughs> it's like it's like are you, you become a a, a hippie? You That's know what's right. going on? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but now, like, who wouldn't want to sit down with John the Baptist? And and you know, he comes on the scene and he's unabashedly calling for repentance, right? right? Like there's no, there is no being worried about found out. There is no other way. It's to repent. And that's what he does. He calls us to prepare the way of the Lord, right? That's where that phrase comes from. Prepare the way of the Lord. It comes from Isaiah. And then it comes true in John the Baptist, right? He is the one that was set to to prepare the way for the Lord. And to make it straight, which right. is the direct connection from you to God. Right. To I mean, make straight the path. Yeah. Instead of like the winding road that we usually have with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is to is to get all this stuff out of the way and have that communication. And and the thing that I always love about this is that we have to personalize the gospel. We've talked about that so many times. And it's so important when we read this to like, well, how am I supposed to prepare the way for the Lord? It doesn't mean go outside and put up your Christmas lights and make all the Christmas candies and and go out and buy all the seventy percent off sales. Uh, catering coming. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. No, it, what it means is like prepare your heart. Right. Prepare the way for the Lord. The Lord is coming. 
And he's got his bags and he's expecting to move into your heart. But he can't move in there if you got all this junk, all this stuff that you're afraid of being found out. And that is no way to live your life, man. You you talk about a prison. That's a prison. Mm-hmm. Like worrying about everyone. You may be walking around as a free man and able to drive your car and eat whatever you want and go to work and buy things. But you're in jail. Like you were in spiritual prison when you were sitting here hiding this stuff from the world. Trust me, I know. Mm-hmm. And there's no worse feeling from that. And what John is talking about here is repenting, clearing out your heart, like standing up, being brave, waiting for the king and receiving the courage that he's going to bring to you and going and clearing out your heart, clearing that space so that Christ can come into your heart. He can live there. He can build a dwelling place in your heart and then become this peace that radiates out of you. You know, people think we're going to find peace by buying this or doing that or or getting what I want here. And I'm going to find that joy and that peace. Like it's such the opposite of the Christmas season, right? Like you get, everybody's going to get all this stuff, whether it's your kids or you. And you're going to go, wow, thanks. I needed a new pair of socks. Or mm-hmm. or your kids are going to go, man, I got the toy I wanted. And two weeks later, it's going to be thrown on the floor across the house, never to be played with again, except for when they remember they have it six months later, play with it for another day. And then mm-hmm. it winds up in the corner of the closet. Like that's that's not what this is about. Like this is about cleaning out your heart and making that place for the Lord so that he can stay and like opening that gift. He's free his gift to you is freeing you from that cell, right? Giving you that peace. What a gift that is. But I think so many of us we get caught up in the in the season and everything else and we forget about the repentance. The fact that the first coming of Christ is this cute little baby is foreshadowing the second coming of Christ. Right? right? And that's what it's supposed to be is repent, the Savior is on in hand. The Savior doesn't stay a little cute baby in a manger. He grows up into a man and calls us all into a new way of life. And he expects us to abide by that or there will be consequences. And so the only way you can live in peace with knowing all of that is to clear your heart of all the things that you're hiding. You know what? The lies I used to tell myself were people will leave me. People won't be my friends. I'll lose everything and everybody I have in my life if people are to find out all this stuff in my life. And it wasn't true. My wife stayed with me now. I was very fortunate in that regard. A lot of people haven't had that same blessing. My wife was in a great place with her faith and with the church. But there were friends that I had that I didn't lose, people that didn't judge me. We have to get past those lies and those fears the devil places within us and get this stuff out of our hearts so we can make room for Christ. Well, you're saying also the gospel has to be alive within you. I mean, we, we, we carry around an image of the gospel according to Hallmark all the time where it's, it's, it's everything just kind of just as nice and pretty and, and everything, but it was rough. I mean, mm-hmm. the Blessed Mother was pregnant, riding on a, a donkey, right, and in and, and, and pain, yeah. right? It wasn't, you know, we kind of like make everything so soft that we don't understand the, the suffering that the mother, Blessed Mother had to bring him into the world, right? Mm-hmm. And also knowing that he was going to be the Savior as well. The whole time, whenever she'd be excited, she'd look at him, do something when he was young. She remember the, the the prophecy of Simeon, right? Mm-hmm. Saying that he will he will suffer for the world, right? Sure. So the thing is that he is living within us, so therefore we have to be joyful. And when that when he lives within us, guess what? The clarity of our mind also comes to it. Yeah. Right. It Where does. those those intrusive thoughts that the enemy throws within us saying, You're no good, you're no good, you're no good, slowly isn't as combative as it used to be. It's still there, 
but we call upon him to help us find that inner peace. Right, and he came to set us free. Yeah. He came for us to have the life that he desired for us. Right, He doesn't want us mired down carrying all this stuff around. I can remember being in that jail cell in a place where I should not have felt any sort of peace or anything. But when that came over me, and I said those words, you know, I've said them a bunch of times on talks and on the show, but like, I, I don't have, at least I don't have to lie anymore. At least now everyone will know who I am. I cannot tell you the release that I felt in my body, in my soul, in my life, just those words coming out. Mm -hmm. It was like years and years of lies and shackles and weight and just stuff that I shouldn't have been carrying fell off of me. And in that moment, it was such clarity. And that's how I was able to start having a conversation with God and give him my life is because now all that stuff was out of the way. I mean, think about how much time we spend every day. If you're one of these people, if you're one of the guys listening that is struggling in something right now, and you're trying to hide it from the world and everybody else, you're trying to white knuckle it through the world. It doesn't work. You wind up in a place where you're going to wreck your life, or something's going to happen. Right? You cannot keep up these facades. You just can't. We're not made to. And how much time in your life, if you stop right now and honestly give this an assessment, and you look and say, how much of my day am I spending worrying? Yeah. anxious over someone finding out over something happening to me over losing my job over it over losing my wife over losing my children over you know my parents finding out about something I'm doing and, and, and their mind being changed about me you know them not loving me anymore all this stuff we're not made to do that and why do you think the devil wants us under all that because you can't breathe right you can't see you can't do anything you stay a slave right. and you right. stay in that mess and you can't see over it it's like a mountain of junk and you keep climbing but you keep falling back down you're not meant to get to the top the devil doesn't want you to get to the top but christ does and you have to work from the bottom right when you're sitting there falling off of that pile of junk Christ wants you to start sorting through the bottom. What's in the bottom? What's here? What is this that's in this box? What are you keeping in this box in your heart? What is it? Let's look at it. Let's be vulnerable about it. Let's take it and repent, right? And let's get it out of here. Chunk it out and give me a little bit more space to live in your life each and every day. Guys, this isn't something that happens very easily and overnight. I had a long fall before I hit rock bottom, right? It wasn't like Jesus just walked in the cell and everything was better. This was a long 10-year process of my life of falling, 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 and then hitting rock bottom. It's going to be the same in your life. It may not be that many years, but this is a process. So like, don't get down if you're having trouble with this. But every one of those boxes, every one of that, that junk that's within your heart that you remove is another foothold, is another place for Christ to make a dwelling place in your life, right? In your heart. And so we have to do that. And this Advent is such a great opportunity for you to really get into the readings, to really start praying, to start being open and honest about those things that you're struggling with, taking them before the risen Lord and saying, Jesus, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need you. I want you in my life. And I don't care what anybody else thinks about me or what I've done. The only opinion that matters is yours. Please come into my heart. Please come into my life. I desire the peace that you wish to give me. That's what each and every one of us needs to be saying this Advent. Well, you brought another topic, too, because okay. Teresa of Avila, I could have been pronouncing it, I never get her last name, Avila, Avila. Avila. Well, you so said Simeon were, wrong. It's actually Simeonian. Simeonian. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So, <laughs> well, it's a Greek pronunciation, right? That's right. So, so, but she wrote a book about interior castles, right? And that's mm -hmm. exactly what you're talking about, is that, is that we have many layers or many rooms that we, are, we lock off from God. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you can come in the foyer, but just don't come in like the living room, you know, and that's kind of where we keep that comfort of, of, of the Holy Spirit being with us. But what she says is like unlock all the doors, mm -hmm. clean house, 
and let him live fully within you. And because we have many chambers, as we know, that we keep secret, yeah. open it up, let him in. Well, that's what you're saying. I mean, that that's a good point because St. Paul of the Cross also said in a quote I had here, be very careful to retain peace of heart because Satan cast his lines in troubled waters. So someone's going to be the owner of your heart. It's yeah. either going to be Christ or it's going to be sin and the, and the devil, the evil one. So we've got to work on that. And some of the ways that we can do it is we have to ask ourselves that question. Do I want to be found out when Christ comes back or do I want to be found in peace? And the way that you live your life in that way is to start pulling that stuff out, right? Cleaning out the junk, getting rid of it, coming to grips, being a man, being spiritually mature. There are things in my life that aren't right, right? And I need to change them. I need to be a better father, better husband, better friend, whatever situation you're in. The only way to do that is to clean up the mess that I've made. Um, we have to be repentant, right? We can't just say, I'm sorry about it. We have to be repentant. Our heart has to be behind what we're doing, and we have to have that mindset that I don't want to do this anymore, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. And then this this other verse that was in the passage I read, um, it says, what sort of persons ought you to be conducting yourself in holiness and devotion? That's 2 Peter 3.11, okay? What does that mean? We have to conduct ourselves in holiness and devotion. We have to start filling our heart and our life with the things of Christ the Beatitudes, the things that he's left us in the scriptures. There's a guidebook there. You know, there's so many books out there. This is the man's guide to this. This is the man's guide to that. The only guide that men need is the, is the word of God. Mm. That has everything we'll ever need in there. And you just have to read it. You have to start asking Jesus to speak it to your heart. And you have to start just personalizing the gospels we've talked about so many times and conducting yourself in the manner that he's laid out before us. If we do that and get all the junk out, we're going to be the men that we desire to be. And so many people say you can't change in your life. I'm living proof, and there's so many other people out there that you can change, not on your own accord, but under the power and the, and the, and the supervision of Jesus Christ. So if you're out here listening today and you're struggling with any of the stuff we're talking about, if you're worried about being found out, then give away the ghost yourself, right? Go to a priest. Get this stuff out. No one can find out about you if you're the one telling it, right? There's no secrets that are going to be found out if there are no more secrets, so go get rid of those. Go to a priest. Find somebody in your life that you love. Share what you've been struggling with and get rid of it. So this Advent, the coming of our Lord, is not just in, 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 a, in a concept in your life. It's not just a season we're going through. It's actually a transformation in your life and in your own heart. That's what this season is supposed to mean. The presence, Santa Claus, all that's great. But the thing is, Jesus wants repentance and renewal and peace in your heart. And so if you want that, you've got to do your part and start cleaning out the closet, cleaning out the, 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 the inner parts of your heart. So men, thank you for listening to this today. It's something that we all struggle with, but I guarantee you when Christ comes back, you want to be found in peace, not found out. So let's take that to prayer right now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, there is nothing worse than living a life full of sin and hidden secrets. The worry and anxiety that comes from it is almost unbearable. Help us this Advent to prepare the way for you by clearing out all the junk in our hearts. And Father, give us the desire to conduct ourselves in holiness and devotion so that we can truly live in your incredible peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.